With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Bring along the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to add a sprinkle of joy to your workday. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. It's Sharp Money here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. I'm all shallow alongside. I'm only I'm only dropping stuff for the segment. That's always what did you drop? Good. I think his battery pack. <laughs> it's either that or my phone. So and my phone's right. I, my phone didn't fall off the desk, so it's obviously that. So McCollum's gonna be mad if you. I think you know Sean's always mad ex- at me anyway. Well, that thing's expensive. That's why I was like, oh. Uh, it's uh, you know Amal. That's that's a that's a, the sound that it hit. Sound like something broke. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm. Okay, let's, let's, let's not throw me under the bus yet. I, I'll I'll check that when a mall starts. Je- up. Jeff, I would never throw you. I'd push you with both hands. Oh, okay. You know what? <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the honesty. Oh, I like you. I wouldn't do that to you. Um, I, hopefully, hopefully, I stay on the good side. No, you uh, you are definitely on the good side. Uh, let's go to some NFL. So. Hey, Amal, remember in the ancient times of the last month that Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins were going to sign with the same team? Yes. And it was going to be, quote, unquote, scary hour for the rest of the league? Well, that's not going to happen because Dalvin Cook's not going to go to the Titans. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins signs with Tennessee earlier this, uh, well, week, technically yesterday. But here's what I'm going to ask you with Dalvin Cook. Right now, the Patriots are the favorites at DraftKings for his next team odds. Dolphins are 2-1, to one, Jets are 4-1, to one, everyone else is double digits. Amal, I think there's a real chance Dalvin Cook gets to the regular season not on a roster, and he ends up going somewhere where there is an injury. That's where I think this ends up going at this pace. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I still like Dalvin Cook a lot. I think he brings a lot to the offense. I know he didn't have a ton of catches last year, I think around 33, 34 catches, but to me, he's a dangerous weapon. Uh, Minnesota decided to move on. Let's see how it impacts her cousin in this team. And I thought you brought up a good point. Whichever team potentially faces an injury, we could see him land somewhere there. I'd love if the Jets got him back up. Brees Hall. Can you imagine that combo? That'd be terrific. You look around at the NFL. Most teams have good running back combinations of a one, two back. Even in San Francisco, you got McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. The Browns have Nick Chubb. And then they did previously have Kareem hunt. Dallas had uh, Zeke and Pollard for a while. I think that's what you need. And how about Buffalo? I mean, to me, I would love to bring in a guy like Dalvin Cook. I think that could help you out there a little bit. They're not consistent with the running game. I'm going to give you one real quick. They're 30 to 1 on that list. The defending champions who are currently running with Pacheco and McKinnon still. Well, I like both those guys. I like Isaiah Pacheco a lot coming out of Rutgers. He's done a nice job for this team. 
McKinnon is solid. Jared McKinnon, you know, he's more of a pass catcher out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. He's a tough matchup. He's not a guy who's going to run between the tackles. But I like Jerick McKinnon in terms of what he can do for you. I think that's interesting. The Raiders now, I mean, why would Dal- why would the Raiders sign Dalvin Cook if they're not going to pay Josh Jacobs? So forget that. I think he ends up in the AFC East them all. I still, in the end, it's been Miami the whole way for me with Dalvin Cook. That yeah. just makes too much sense. Explosive offense. He wants to go play there. They don't really have a number one running back, truly. Uh, the Jets, with if Hall's healthy, Hall's better than them at this point. Uh, the Patriots, I, if you're Cook, I don't know why you would go to New England. I, I don't think there's much of a reason to. I don't they, love, they love Ramondre. I, you're probably not going to see a lot of the field. I think it's Miami or it's Buffalo. Again, the other Cook, James Cook, right now, the number one back for the Bills. Those would be the two that would make sense. So, yeah, I don't have a problem taking a splash on a 15-1 to on Buffalo on this market either. Yeah, you mentioned a James Cook. His brother played at Georgia. Uh, both of them, uh, I th- they played at Miami Central. It would make sense if he went back home down to Dade County. Uh, it's a good team. He doesn't have to carry the mail. I, I think it would be a good fit there with the Dolphins. I just, I'm with you. I don't understand the one with the with the Patriots there. I do really like Ramondre Stevenson a lot. Kid out of Oklahoma. He really just an absolute bell cow. How good do you think the Patriots are going to be this year? Or how bad do you think the Patriots are going to be? That's 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 uh, the better question, probably. So I, I'm not answering your question well, but I'm going to say somewhere between seven and ten and nine and eight. Seven and ten and nine and eight. So you have them as perfectly mediocre. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, that win total, that win total, seven and a half, six and a half, depending on where you, you see. Oh, it's as low as six and a half. There were there was some. It's not there anymore, but yeah. still mostly uh, seven and a half out there with juice to the under. You know, to turn this into a little bit of an AFC East discussion, because, again, Cook's three teams that are favored, one, two, three, are all in the AFC East, and Buffalo's there as well. We Wyatt decided to throw me to the, uh, the Bills Mafia Wolves on Friday, which is fine. No problem being the heel there. New England is the one where we, we kind of had, we had a little bit of discussion on this, but Mac Jones was bad last year, but now he has an adult in the room in the offensive coaching staff and Bill O'Brien. And I don't care what you think of Bill O'Brien. I'm the guy can coach. It was Bill O'Brien, the general manager that told completely destroyed Bill O'Brien, a coach in Houston. Yeah, I would agree with that. Completely destroyed him. But Bill O'Brien can coach offense, and we know he can coach offense in the NFL. So I'm just curious here with Mac Jones where he could have a much better year this year than he did last year. My holdup with New England is I don't like their talent. I don't think they're particularly talented. That's why I have them pretty clearly finishing last in the AFC East in a division where the Bills have talent, even though I don't love them. The Jets have talent. No matter what you think, they have talent. Miami has talent. England just doesn't have the horses to realistically compete with those other three teams this go around. No, I would agree with you. I think they'll be better. Matt Patricia, the offensive coordinator, was a joke. And I'm surprised Bill Belichick doesn't get more heat for that. That's absolutely absurd. First of all, Patricia's got the personality of sandpaper. I mean, think about how he rubbed people the wrong way in Detroit. Don't, don't, don't. Hold on a second. Why are you insulting sandpaper like that? Come on, that's not nice. (laughs) And, uh, but you're right. I think Mac Jones was a competent, you know what Mac Jones is? He's a little bit better, potentially, or similar type of like a Kirk Cousins type of guy. I think that's probably what he could be at his best, right? Yeah, I, I should say yeah. at his best, right? Yeah. I mean, if he's probably maybe a little bit more upside. But overall, I think he's just a guy. And if you build the right team around him, I like the running game with Stevenson. Overall, though, to me, this Patriots team is just an average team at best. 
Speaking of Cousins, have you watched Quarterback at all on Netflix? Have you watched it at all? Well, a few episodes in. Maybe I think it's worth your time. What, what is it? The, so, you know, like on Netflix, they did the F1, the, yeah, the yeah. drives to survive. They yeah. have the, the point break yeah. and they have a, and they have a, the one for golf as well. They now did one with NFL quarterbacks. Oh, really? So it's Mahomes. It's They document Mahomes, Cousins, and Mariota through the 2022 season. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so that's out now. Two episodes in. Uh, uh, let me know when it finishes. I'll watch the whole thing. Okay, they're, they're all out now. They're oh, all yeah. out now. Okay. I've only, they've only watched Why are you two laughing over there? That sounded like a, uh, yeah, I'll watch it when I want to. No, no, no. I actually, I will watch it. It's actually intriguing. Uh, but most you, shows, I don't like, if there's a series, like if I see it's in season one and people are like, oh, it's a great show. I'm like, let me know when the show gets canceled or it's concluded in four seasons. I'll come back and watch it in one, one sitting or like over a week or a month or whatever. See, that's a man who does not let social media ruin things right there. I'm all shot. I don't, I'm not a big social media guy. I know you're so not. I'm not you know. So, I'm guessing you never watched, uh, there's no chance you watch this, but you never watched Game of Thrones or anything like that, right? I, I'm going to tell you right now, we'd have to negotiate a price of at least four figures for me to watch that nonsense. Four figures? Yes. I could. We could do that. Sean, oh, yeah. McCollum's no, got whoa, some money whoa, for you. Whoa, whoa, you know what? Whoa, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that because then i got to sit through that. Hold on a second. Who would waste four figures to pay you to watch no, something? I would love for him to watch Game of Thrones. No, he knows. I, he, he knows about a half an hour in, I'd be like, forget it. You can have your money back. No, you'd have I'm no. You, no, I, I, I look, I, I, that was not a show I really watched either. Just not my thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I could see how you would just be like midway through the first episode. I'm done. See you later. I'm out of the room uh, on something. Dude, like I've walked that. out of movies 20 minutes in. What's the last movie you walked out of? Oh, I haven't seen the last five movies, six movies I've been to in the theater. See, that's kind of crazy to me. Don't you want to at least enjoy the movie popcorn for a little bit more? That's the reason I go. The popcorn's done 20 minutes in. You go into a late show. You don't have time for a refill. I'm like, see you later. Now, do you take a phone call or whatever? I'm like, this is this movie's not that good. I'm out. Do you, do you get an icy as well? No. Oh, Kidding man. me? I'm not rich. The popcorn's already like nine dollars. Yeah, you but want you me can't, to sell you a can't go, I w- you can't I go wrong I w- with the blue and blue and red icy. I would not have. Together. I would not have had you as an icy guy anyway. See, Jeff knows I, me I would well. Not Jeff have has you. nailed a couple of things. I, I would not have had you. I would. You, you, you're you, Amal. I could. I could put you perfectly on what the movie guy you are. You, you go to the movies. Yeah. You get the. You'll get either a medium or a large popcorn. Large layered butter. Yes. Yep. Yep. You're gonna in the back of your mind, like I shouldn't do the layered butter, but I got to do it because it's the only way to do it. <laughs> and then as soon as, look, so it, right. but, but then, and then with the movies, you you show up your movie scheduled for three fifty five. let's say, okay. Yeah. You show up at four Oh five, check in, get your popcorn by four ten, And you're in a movie theater with only two more previews to go. hundred percent. Cause the yeah. previews are about 15 to 17 minutes. Now I'm yep. on time for everything, but I'm not going to sit there through 17 previews. Correct. I, I he, Jeff, has, See, he got it. Well, that's kind of the way I am too. Yeah. I'm thinking of just ra- rationally here where I would, again, I was so earlier in my life, I was so prompt. It was like, Oh, three fifty. The movie's going to start at three fifty. So no, that's right. No, no way. No, the, the, well, the good thing now is like, if you're 15 minutes late, you're, you're no, you're showing time. The, yeah. if, 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 okay. The previews are thirty this, minutes. This now. is this is what it should be. If you show up to a movie on time, now in the age where all your seats are reserved, you're doing it so badly wrong, completely wrong. You need to show up at the earliest fifteen, like in your seat, fifteen minutes after your your movie is scheduled to start. At best, usually it's for me and all. I'm wandering into the theater. I'm getting, get, getting my ticket scanned. I'm going to the popcorn 10 minutes, 10 minutes after my scheduled time. I'm in my seat 16 minutes after scheduled time. I'm in great shape. So we went to go see that Tom Hanks movie, Auto. 
Oh, you loved that movie, didn't you? No, no, no. We walked out. So a friend of mine and I, we walk out like 45 minutes in. This movie was terrible. And then went and saw the end of that Gerald, uh, Gerard Butler um, movie, the action movie. I was like, hey, I saw the last 45 minutes. Well, was it was that, perfect. He's saving the president for like the fifth time? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. some reason, whenever he's around, presidents always seem to be under threat. The one where the plane crashes in the middle of nowhere. I, uh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. I'm like, why would you sit in a movie that's bad? It's like you don't support a team that's bad, USC fans. So why would you stick around in a movie that's bad? I mean, You already paid it. It's a sunken cost. I mean, the chairs are comfortable, so it's kind of hard to get up. They do heat I, up now. At South Point, they heat up. I did accidentally that one time. I'm like, why is my butt on fire? I, I tell you, Jeff, that if you get there early enough, you get the refill. One of the things I love, I always see people here at the South Point. They go to the movies. They finish their popcorn, and then they're way out on the way out to get the refill. Were you? Uh, did you see the movie with Gerard Butler that involved the plane that was called Plane? Yeah, that was is that, that what it is. <laughs> well, I, I, the money went to auto. I walked into Plane. <laughs> hey, we're going to go to the NBA next. Nick Whalen joins us on Sharp Money. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, and to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Four VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $19. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back in. It's Sharp Money. I'm Jeff Parles in for Patrick Maher. 
Wyatt Tom checks in for the big fella, Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shah, in for himself today. As always, Amal here. And now with us, and find his work over at Roto-Wire. Senior analyst, covers all sorts of sports, but his bread and butter still the National Basketball Association. It's our guy Nick Whalen with us right now. Nick, how did you enjoy your time in Vegas at the Summer League? Guys, it was fantastic. As you can see here, I got my official Circus Survivor NFL schedule here. Stopped by the studio, uh, did a couple of hits with my guy Ben Wilson. Uh, always love staying at Circa. Always love you know meeting up with the Visa guys while we're out there. It was uh, another successful trip for RotoWire. So let's. Uh, you watched a bunch of basketball, obviously. Before we get to some season win totals, just. What did, what did you get garner from the summer league? I know you can't garner too much, but is there anything that you're going to take from what you watched here in Vegas and say, you know what, I'm going to use this in handicap and hopes this year. Yeah, it's funny because you know, everybody puts so much emphasis on summer league. It feels like it gets bigger and bigger every year. The NBA blows it up. And then, you know, now the trend has become, all right, you know, we'll, we'll throw the top guys out there for a game, maybe two, if they look okay, then then they're done. You know what? We saw it with bad Carroll last year. We saw it with when this year, I had a couple of injuries to guys like uh, Amon Thompson and Scoot Henderson that, that wore the luster off a little bit. But uh, to me, the thing I'm always looking for at summer league, you know, everybody's watching the rookies. Everybody wants to see when I like watching the second year guys, right? And it's become a little bit trendier lately for players who even have good rookie seasons to show up and play summer league, right? Like you watch the Detroit Pistons the last couple of weeks, like their summer league team was basically their NBA rotation minus Kate Cunningham. You had Jaden Ivey out there. You had Jalen Duran out there. James Wiseman was playing obviously Asar Thompson. So it, you kind of got like a real life look at what a lot of these guys who are going to be playing 20, 25, 30 minutes per game are actually going to look like this season. And you want to see second year players, even guys like Jabari Smith, who had a shaky NBA rookie season, you want them to show up to summer league and dominate. And that's exactly what he did. So yeah, everybody's watching the rookies, but the second year guys who are there, that that's usually who I have the closest eye on. Hey, you mentioned Detroit Marcus Sasser, the 40 point game yesterday was outstanding. Uh, any particular player that from a rookie standpoint, not guys that are experienced that really caught your eye that either was under the radar for you or kind of delivered beyond your even expectations for where they might've been drafted. Yeah, I, I think Jarris Walker uh, for Indiana, you know, he was a little bit up and down, but I thought the highs were very high uh, for him. You know, somebody who it felt like, you know, kind of lost a little bit of steam late in the draft process Had a few guys pass him up. Um, I think he's going to walk into a pretty significant role right away for the Pacers. Like that was by far their biggest area of need was locking down their future at power forward. You know, last, last really two seasons, they kind of just been shuffling through guys who all feel like placeholders. None of them really are long-term fits for that organization. I thought he played really well in Las Vegas overall. And I think that portends to a pretty big role for him overall uh, in year one. So you know, he's not like a super exciting player. You know, I think Scoot, Wembenyama, Brandon Miller, all those guys, yeah, they get the headlines in Vegas, but I, I think Jairus Walker is somebody who's going to have like real translatable value right away. Nick, let's get to some, some, uh, some season win totals here. And uh, let's start on the negative side of things. Uh, the unders that you like, and we'll start with mm. a team that is playing tonight in the summer league title game. Uh, the Rockets uh, will take on the Cavs in that later tonight. Cam Whitmore falling down the draft board ends up winning summer league MVP, but you don't have that translating to um, more than 31 and a half wins though. Oh, I love this. I, I'm a pessimist by trade. So let's go to the negative right Perfect. away. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of the parts with Houston. I just, I don't like the sum of the parts, right? You know, like bringing in Fred Van Vliet, bringing in Dylan Brooks on one of the wildest contracts of all time in general, that that's going to raise your floor. It is, uh, but you know, Fred Van Vliet is a guy who I, I think is 
when complimented by other really good players, uh, you know, could, could, could kind of be that catalyst that he was at Toronto. Putting him alongside Kevin Porter, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, you know, a couple of rookies. Uh, you know, Cam Whitmore is going to play real minutes for this team. Obviously, Ahmed Thompson as well. I don't love that fit. I, I don't know that Fred Van Vliet is the floor raiser that the Rockets want him to be. And even if he is, like, what is the ultimate upside for this team, right? I mean, I think the Western Conference is going to be deeper and better at the top than it was even last season when it kind of got back to the dominant conference that it was. Like, how many teams can Houston look at, you know, look in the mirror and say, we're better than this team straight up? You know, maybe Utah, probably San Antonio, probably Portland in a post Damian Lillard world. But other than that, it's like, you're not taking them over Dallas. Yeah, I think OKC has a better roster right now. You know, New Orleans, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Clippers, and then you're into, you know, kind of the meat of that conference. So, you know, I think Houston could take a meaningful step forward this season, but I don't see them going from like a 22 win team to like a 37 win team. Yeah, you know, I, I like the under on that number. I think they have some interesting parts, but I don't like how the parts fit. I agree with you, Nick. I just didn't understand the affinity everybody had for uh, Fred Van Vliet. I thought he's a nice number three on a team. Uh, and he's getting paid right. like he's a number two potentially there. I want to go to one of the teams you have for a season win total over, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, and Explain that one a little bit, why you see the Thunder going over, and also do you like um, Chet Holmgren for Rookie of the Year? Mm. Yeah, I, I have to kind of check myself on this one because 43.5 is a, a little bit higher than I would have hoped. Like, you know, 41.5 I would love. Uh, this was a 40-win team last season. And, you know, really Chet Holmgren is a big part of the reason that I like this over uh, because they finally have a player who they're invested in who could play center, right? I mean, SGA has been a major hit. Obviously Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams last year is a really, really nice core, but OKC the last few seasons has basically completely ignored the center position. You know, it's been like, you know, the other Jalen Williams or Jeremiah Robinson Earl, uh, you know, soaking up those minutes. And Chet Holmgren is just such a massive upgrade, um, you know, especially as somebody who could space the floor, uh, that I think they're going to see the benefits of that right away as long as Chet Holmgren can't stay healthy. Um, the one drawback that I do see with this team, though, is they didn't add any depth. Like, what I really wanted OKC to do was bring in, you know, a couple just veteran depth pieces. We're not talking stars. Just, you know, bring in, like, a you know, be a team that goes against, like, Tyus Jones to be your backup point guard, something like that, because they still have a, a ton of young players on this roster behind their top five or six. And most of those young players are unproven and probably half of them are going to be out of the league in a few years. So, you know, if they do run into some health issues, I think that's where, um, you know, that this win total could come into question. And then, you know, under Chet Holmgren point, I'm willing to listen because I, I don't know that Victor Weminyama is going to play enough games to win this award. I think if Weminyama plays 70 games, he's winning it. He, he's just, he has such a kind of lead on the field uh, in terms of how this award is talked about, but I don't know that he's going to get there games played wise. Now the problem with Chet is I, I think a lot of the concerns you have about Weminyama and his body holding up, you can make those same arguments against Chet. Nick, uh, since you brought him up, let's go to San Antonio. Of course, uh, some good, some bad from Weminyama in his two games. Mm -hmm. In Vegas, win total on San Antonio is 30 and a half. I think 30 and a half is overdoing it, guys. Um, and, and, you know, part of it is just, I, I think I think the books want to take advantage of the Wembenyama hype, right? There's a reason that if you go to the DK Sportsbook, there's a whole subheading that's just about Victor Wembenyama props for next season. So, you know, it, it's not shocking that this number is a little bit inflated. This was a 22-win team last season. And you could say, yeah, they weren't really trying to win. I, I get that, but... I don't know if they're really going to be all that concerned about winning games this year anyway. And I think the bottom of the West and especially the middle tier of the West is going to be better than it was last season. And you can say the same thing about the East. You know, like, I don't know there's no free wins coming this season. You don't have a vector Wembenyama type of prize in the 2024 draft that we're going to see teams trying to tank for. You know, like Washington feels like they're taking maybe Charlotte, 
that's about it, right? So I, I think you're, you're not going to get these free wins on the schedule that the Spurs had at times last season. And with Wembenyama, I think we only saw him for two games in Summer League, but that was enough for me to say that, look, he's going to be really good. The numbers are going to be there. He's not necessarily going to be somebody who all of a sudden is like plus 15 wins as a rookie. Like that just doesn't really happen. You even think back to like LeBron, his rookie year with the Cavs. It's not like they instantly became a 40 win team right away. I mean, it takes time. Even the best rookies, unless they, they fall into a situation where they have quality veterans around them, it's pretty rare that even in a best case scenario, a rookie actually helps you win, you know, more than two, three, four more games in the previous year. Can I entice you in Wembenyama to win uh, defensive player of the year at about 30 or 35 Ooh. to one? I, I actually kind of like that because you, know, you still have voters who just look at like, oh, blocks per game. And yep. if he averages like three and a half blocks, he is absolutely going to be in that conversation. And, you know, if that's the case, people are going to want to give it to him, right? It'll be this super unique situation. You know, this rookie coming in, like he's, he's living up to the hype on defense. So I, I, I do buy that argument, but again, the NBA is instituting games played minimums. Like you can't win defensive player of the year. If you only play 61 games, you got to get to 65. Now we'll see how, how fungible they are on that. As far as what they count as an actual miss game versus an injury. Uh, but you know, if, if you're not comfortable betting Wembenyama to win rookie of the year, I think that same argument applies to defensive player of the year, but of course you're getting more value. So I I'd rather make that bet at 25 to one that bet him to win rookie of the year at like minus 200 or whatever he is right now. Nick, uh, real quick here, in 30 seconds, your thought on the in-season tournament? I'm open to it, guys. I, I don't think it's going to boost interest in the way that the NBA hopes it will. I, I think it adds like a nice checkpoint early on in the year. You know, it'll be something that's relevant, you know, and then all of a sudden it's Christmas and then it's the all-star break and, and then we're almost on to the playoffs. So I, I get the NBA's thinking here, but this is something that I think is going to take, you know, two, three, four, five years until it feels like something that matters. He's Nick Whalen. Of course, you get him on the tweets at Whalen with a one replacing L. Roto Wire, where you can find his work as always. Nick, pleasure. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. We are going to the NFC North next, Amal. There's one word that describes this division to me, and I'll tell you what it is when we come back. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Download the DraftKings app today and new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonus instantly. Use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Welcome back in. Sharp Money's the show. I'm Jeff Parles. I'm all Shaw's here as well. Wyatt Tomchek in for our guy, Dustin Sweetelson. Amal, let's uh, go to the NFC North. Detroit is your betting favorite right now, plus 140. Plus 290 on the Vikings. Four to one of both Green Bay and Chicago. Green Bay's taken some money over the last 10 days. They were nearly five to one last Monday. Now four to one. And Amal, the word I use for this division is mediocrity. Oh, I agree. Because I went when I'm going through all these, again, I go through all the games, and I'll be doing it again in the next week. Two teams at nine and eight, two teams at eight and nine. That's how I had it breaking down. The um, I'll tell you right now, when you look at this division, Detroit, nine and a half wins. Are they really getting to 10 wins? I don't think they are. I don't think anyone's getting to 10 wins. I, I think, again, nine and eight probably is. There are two divisions in the NFC that nine and eight is probably good enough this year. The NFC North and the NFC South, I think. You go nine and eight, you're probably winning the division. Uh, to me, Minnesota, remember last year, what were they, uh, 13 and four? I think 13 and four, four on Minnesota. Yeah. They won five games by three points. 
Um, Undefeated in one-score games. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to duplicate that. They had a comfort-behind victory against the Colts. I don't know. I I still think there's some concerns with this team. They lose the Darius Smith, Dalvin Cook. Uh, A lot of areas where, to me, that I have some concerns with them going forward. I'm going to ask you a question here, Amal, where I think think you're smarter than most of the people that vote for these awards, okay? So I'll ask you this. Minnesota is supposed to be this big regression team mm-hmm. because they were amazing one-score games. They had a negative point differential despite being nine games over. Let's say Minnesota goes twelve and five or thirteen and four again. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's Wait, say it does. What was the first number you said? They, either twelve or thirteen. Okay, got it. Twelve or thirteen yeah. wins. So they either decrease by one or they're static. Sure. Doesn't Kevin O'Connell have to be considered the coach of the year if that happens? Oh, absolutely. I mean, to me, look, we're already said. When you set a season win total at eight and a half for a team it, and you reduce it by four and a half, and yeah, they lost a key piece in Cooks, Darius Smith, but still overall, I don't think you could be that cavalier about what this team was able to accomplish. Uh, this team is still very solid. And I, you know what? People go, they got to regress. Pedigree, the ability to close out games and to win close games, something has to be said for that and credit has to be given there. I think Minnesota finding ways, having been through it and done it, I, I think that's an important aspect of how teams win close games. Right now, Kevin O'Connell's thirty-five to one to win Coach of the Year. It's a good bet. I again, I don't know what Minnesota is going to be more than either eight and nine or nine and eight. That's what I think this whole division, as I said, is going to be. I, I think Minnesota even money to make the playoffs in a weak NFC is actually pretty good. I do too. Because, yeah, could they end up eight and nine, miss the playoffs? Sure. But not only do I think nine and eight is going to be good enough to win the NFC North and the NFC South this year, Mall. Nine and eight is probably good enough to get at least the seven seed in the NFC. Because Dallas will, yes, Dallas will win their double digits. And I know you don't like the Seahawks, but Seattle getting to 10 and seven, I think, is fair. And I'm higher on the Rams than I think some are if Stafford can stay healthy, humongous if. Uh, but nine and eight is probably good enough to get one of the wild cards. And Minnesota going nine and eight and finishing second in the in the north because they lose a tiebreaker to whether it be Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago, whoever wins the division. I think that's a squarely in play scenario as well. Let's uh to me, I think Minnesota's got the greatest upside in this division, followed by the Bears having the best upside. I think Green Bay is gonna be solid. I think they're gonna be better than most people think they are. So you don't think you think Detroit is the worst upside in the division? Yes, I do because I don't think Detroit is that much better. They were nine and eight last year. Yes. If they have a great year, what are they ten and seven? Do you think they really go eleven and six? I mean, if you're based off those odds, eleven and six should easily be in play on a nine and a half win total in a division favor. I don't disagree with you, but I, I think sometimes teams are given too much credit, and sometimes teams are given too much. Uh, criticism. And I think Minnesota is the team that falls under the too much criticism and Detroit is too much credit. And for me, the one thing I will say with the Bears, season win total at seven and a half, a little bit optimistic potentially. But if the offensive line plays well, Justin Fields has the biggest upside of almost any quarterback in the NFC. But then he, here's my problem with Fields. So I think Justin Fields has the highest variance of any quarterback in the league. Yeah, where where his floor is low, correct. very low. But his ceiling, there's a legitimate argument to be made. His ceiling's as high as anyone other than Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. There is a legitimate argument to be made that he has the fourth highest ceiling 
I don't think it's a right argument, but there is an argument to be made that I, I could see and at least a little listen to that he is the fourth highest ceiling of anyone this year in the league. I don't, I don't disagree with that. And the other problem is it's hard to quantify what he is because the team around is horrific. I mean, he was absolutely getting just pummeled from sa- from a sack standpoint. He was sacked the third most in the NFL over the last two seasons. I mean, the only two guys ahead of him were Joe Burrow and, uh, of course, uh, uh, Russell Wilson. But, you know, with the running game, with, with a better offensive line, I, I think this guy could be an absolute difference maker in terms of what this team does. I mean, think about this. Last year, I think he finished seventh in rushing yards, 1,143. This team finished the season with a ridiculous losing streak. They win their first two out of three games against San Francisco and Green Bay. And then they go, I mean, I'm, excuse me, against uh, San Francisco and Houston. And then they go on to lose, uh, you know, pretty much all but one game the rest of the way. So I think there's an upside with the Bears here. I think people are discounting what this team could potentially be. Chicago right now with a seven and a half win total, plus 160 to make the playoffs, four to one to win a division. Amal, I think we're learning very, we, we, we kind of talked about this a little on Friday with Chicago, but we're going to know very quickly with them. Because their first two games, they're favored. They're favored against Green Bay. They're favored in Tampa in Week 2. If they start 0-2 and then have basically a matchup Week 3 against Kansas City where they're going to be a big underdog regardless of what happens the right. first two weeks. Right. And a tricky game against Denver at home in Week 4. They could be in big trouble right out of the gate. Be 1-5 through 6 weeks and then see you later. You're not going to be anything. But... If you win the first two games, when you're favored by a little less than a field goal in both of those games against Green Bay and Tampa, all right, you handled your business. If you play Kansas City tough, lose by a touchdown, beat Denver, totally different animal. If Chicago's able to win these first two games, I think for more than anyone in the league, winning their first two games because they're two of the few games they'll probably be favored in this year, you got to get it done at home against Green Bay, and you got to get it done on the road against a bad team in Tampa. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. The middle of their schedule is a little bit more challenging. The Raiders at the Chargers, at the Saints, Panthers at Lions and Vikings. But um, I think a very good opportunity out of the block. You got you mentioned Packers, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Broncos at home at the Commanders on a Thursday. I mean, I think Washington's a team that they could potentially beat. I'm not as high on Denver. Everyone loves Denver because of Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton's a tremendous, tremendous coach. I, I have a t- ton of respect for him. I think he's terrific. But why are we not talking about the fact that Russell Wilson is no longer the Hall of Fame quarterback that he once was? He's not. I mean, well, again, I think that's for people that are anti-Denver. That's the argument. It's, okay, I don't care how good Sean Payton is. The quarterback's washed. It doesn't matter. Sean Payton could be the greatest coach in the history of football, but Russ can't play anymore. Exactly. And for me, again, I think Denver's a fringe playoff team. At best. I don't think they're winning in AFC West. I don't think they're getting a top wild card in the AFC. I think they need a lot of things to go right offensively in order for them to end up in the playoffs. But winning a week four game in Chicago where, look, that probably is a coin flip game if the Bears get off to a good start. That's a game where if you're Chicago, you got to have it. And if you're Denver, you're looking at your schedule like, all right, week four in Soldier Field, that's a winnable game. The problem with the Bears, I don't think offensively I'm as concerned about this team. To me, the problem with the Bears is going to be defensively. I just don't think they're that good on defense. Now, they do bring in Tremont, uh, Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo. He's tremendous. Uh, but still, overall, they don't have a ton of great pieces on this team defensively. That's my issue. And the Bears, the worst record in the NFL a year ago. Thank you, Houston, for uh, for winning that game week 18 in order to get that home for the worst record tied for the fewest amount of wins. Uh, but, again, it's just one of those. I think 
nine and eight, eight and nine, seven and ten. I think that seven and a half is a pretty good number there. You like DJ Moore? I think DJ Moore is a bottom half number one wide receiver. Okay, so somebody that they can feel he can be a number one wide receiver, but I don't think he's an elite one, close close to an elite one. No, no, I don't disagree with what you said there, but I like the way you phrased it that he's a bottom half of a number one. That's that's fair. I think that's about right. I think at best, look, if he's on the right team, he would be a phenomenal number two. Yeah, a phenomenal number two. And look, the other problem with that is we have no idea where you're getting out of Claypool either. You have no clue. Totally unreliable wide receiver at this point. I'm not as big of a Claypool guy as maybe some other people are. I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a fan at all uh, of Claypool, especially with uh, what they had to give up. I mean, they gave up a top of the second round pick in order to get to get Claypool. One more segment to go. See if there's anything on the baseball card. See if a mall is angry at anything as well. Hey, who knows? Any carnage could happen in the final 12 minutes for us. Unsharp money. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and the college football guide drops next week. Get previews and predictions for every D1 team, conference best bets and futures, along with season win totals, plus in-depth breakdown of how you can use our betting splits and power ratings to make you a smarter better throughout the college football season. Sign up today or before the end of July and receive both guides full of VEASAN Pro access and you get it all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount summer kickoff special, $175. Or sign up on a monthly subscription and get your first 30 days for only $19. To see everything we have to offer here at VSIN. Remember, this offer ends on the 31st of July, so don't miss out. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe right now to take advantage of all the deals out there. Welcome back in. Sharp Money's the show. Vsin Prime Time. Tim Murray, Sean King coming your way after us 
I'm Jeff Parles. I'm all Shaw. Why Tom check here as well. By the way, I know we had the movie discussion earlier. Yeah. Are you doing the Barbie Oppenheimer double? Oh God, how much how much money for you to watch a Barbie movie? <laughs> well, I like if it was like a romantic comedy or something, I wouldn't mind. But that movie looks terrible to me. It's kind of a romantic. It's Ken and Barbie. Listen, I, I to me, I like a drama or an action. None of this nonsensical Hollywood created crap. So you would enjoy. It looks like you would enjoy Oppenheimer. I haven't even seen a preview for it. I have no idea. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Is it about J. Robert Oppenheimer? Who else would it be about? I just making sure. Sometimes you say, <laughs> "Hey, you know what they say when you assume." Yes, that's true. Uh, you make a fool out of you and me, but yeah. uh, a different word there. But yeah. you know, it's uh, that is the big thing. Uh, next time, she probably Ortega. Ask him. I'll see Ortega tomorrow night. I want to see how he's doing. The uh, the Barbie Heimer double is he'll what be, they're calling it. He'll be it. here Thursday. Did okay. you see what uh, uh, Kelly Bidlin tweeted out? Something about there's. I don't know what book it was, but you can figure out like how much money they'll bring in the first weekend. They put odds to that. And Ortega, I think, was on cloud nine when he saw that. Well, Ortega, we all, Amal and I actually discussed this a little bit last week off the air. Barbie's at 91 and a half million. I didn't remember. I don't remember what the Oppenheimer number was, but it was significantly less than that. And I think it's a lock to go over 91 and a half. And Amal is not agreeing with me at no, all. I, no, it's not that I'm not agreeing with you. I looked it up last night. I didn't even know the movie wasn't out yet. It comes out this week. I thought Thursday. I was like, I want to see because we had this conversation. Ortega, Jeff, and I had this conversation. I was like, they're going to do ninety million. Damn. I'm like, how many adults are going to see this? You know, that's going to be a lot more than you think. Apparently, so. I might even see it. Not this week, though, but I might see it at some point. It's kind of one of those where you kind of have to see it, like to at least be up on the memes, right? Why Amal doesn't care about the memes, but I mean, you, agree you know, in, th- in three months when it comes out on HBO Max, I'll. They also, they also uh, the, there's also a worldwide shortage of pink paint because of the Barbie movie. You Did using you know pink paint anytime soon on any any home projects? I'm not. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, I didn't know that there's a a shortage on sriracha. Did you know that? I don't eat sriracha, so who cares? <laughs> I'm a disgrace to my people. I don't eat spicy. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought that we'd get at least a reaction out of one of you guys. No, nah, there you go. There's your uh, there's your here's uh, your fun fact for the day. For the day. So, uh, Amal, let's uh, let's finish with baseball here. So, let's go to Cincinnati first. Giants and Reds. And, you know, I don't have any plays on this game, but we get to see Logan Webb tonight. Mm -hmm. And we get to see him against an offense that, yes, with all the young talent, we know how to deal with Cincinnati. But, Amal, they scored three runs over the weekend in that band box against the Brewers. Now they face a a legitimate Cyan young contender in Webb. Webb's a minus-155 favorite against Brandon Williamson tonight. It's plus-135 on a take-back. But... This really feels like just a brutal spot for Cincinnati, where you get the you get the wind you get the wind out of the sails. A young team that it, that had been so hot yeah. since Ellie De La Cruz came up, and this is really the first adversity these guys have faced in the major league. So I don't think it's a great spot tonight for them to handle their business against Webb. I, I tend to agree with you. I think Logan Webb, right now, the way he's pitched, he's a, he's kind of a guy that you can consider for the Cy Young. A little bit of an outlier there after the three other guys we mentioned with Snell, Strider. And, of course, uh, Zach Gallen. But, you know, not the worst price in the world. Uh, Giants on the road. Run line might be in play here. Minus a run and a half, plus 105. But, Jeff, I'm with you. I, this is not a play I would have a problem with taking the Giants here. I would. That would be the only way I would look at it. Total is high at 10. We know how that band box goes. But those low-scoring games over the weekend, a little bit scared to go under. But that probably would be the only way I would look to go on uh, on a total there tonight. 
Amal, again, another game I don't have any bets on, but it's an intriguing series. The Dodgers took two out of three from the Mets over the weekend. The Orioles swept the Marlins, so another crack at a, a NL playoff team at the moment for Baltimore. The youngster, Grayson Rodriguez, back, makes the start against Emmett Sheehan. It's a flip here tonight. But I will ask you this on 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 the Dodgers front, where they've again it feels like there's something missing with them. We know the bullpen stinks. We know the front end starters don't go distance at all. We you, we had that discussion last week, but it really does feel like there's still something missing with this Dodger team, even though they're on their way now to winning the West yet again. I agree with you. I think uh, outside of Betts and Freeman, you're not getting consistency. Max Muncy has struggled. Uh, you just look at this lineup. There seems to be too many holes in it. The pitching, again, some concerns there as well. Urias was tremendous on Friday night. I think he goes six innings, gives up just a one hit. Uh, but again, can they find the consistency? I tend to agree with you. I, I, I think they're going to win the division. But for some reason, I'm not a buyer in the Dodgers in the postseason this year unless things turn around. Yeah, I, I, again, I think the Phillies are the team that has the best shot of beating Atlanta in a, in, in a series, but I think that needs to be five instead of seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you extend that series out for the Braves, I just have a hard time seeing them going down to anyone in the NL. Maybe one of those AL teams could KO them. But uh, Baltimore, again, Baltimore's the other team who's still undervalued here, Amal. They they are a legitimate playoff team. They are have a legitimate shot to win the AL East. Well, They're still, still to be had at 20-1 to one to win it all. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad play. I mean, this team right now, they're ahead of Tampa in terms of losses. So, you know, they're playing extremely well. You got to give them a lot of credit for what they've been able to accomplish. Um, for some reason, Jeff, how, how I talked about the Diamondbacks, I think they're going to falter. I think that's eventually going to happen here with this team. I just don't see them sustaining it, but I could be completely wrong and they end up winning the division. Right now, you can probably still get them at a short plus price, probably about $1.52. I haven't looked at them. What, recently. to win the division? Yeah. Try plus three fifty. Still three fifty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The Rays have played some bad baseball, uh, but again, an opportunity here with this Rays team right now sitting at sixty and thirty six. Baltimore fifty seven and thirty five. Tampa, by the way, tonight goes to take on the Rangers. Top two, uh, well, two of the three best records in the American League. Rangers swept the Guardians over the weekend. McClanahan makes his return against Dane Dunny. You know, this is a pretty good price on McClanahan, all things considered, at minus 124 behind us, Amal. I love it. The only concern I have is he doesn't have a ton of starts under his belt, right, recently. That's mm-hmm. the one thing. I don't really generally like pitchers a ton coming off of injury. This Texas team, though, at home, man, they just find ways to rake. This is a much better ball club than I thought. Simeon and um, Seager have been tremendous at the top of the lineup for this team. Seager got off to a slow start. You look at Garcia. You look at Jung. This team has done a really nice – or Young has done a really nice job. Right now, total of nine. That's probably a good under as well in Texas tonight, uh, even with that mashing offense of the Rangers, uh, minus 120 on that. Uh, Amal, who's going to finish in fourth place? Who's going to finish it ahead of the other here? Yankees or Red Sox? The Yankees have fallen into a tie with Boston now after another just ridiculous series loss against the Rockies for the Bronx Bombers. I think the Red Sox finish ahead, and the reason is I just think the Yankees can't hit. And by the way, do they think Michael King has got an elastic arm? I mean, I feel like every time I look up, he's out in the game. I mean, he's, to me, he's a tremendous pitcher, but man, it just seems like they're utilizing him a lot. That was a big season, a weekend sweep for the Blue Jays. Yes. The, the way that Tampa's playing right now, I think Toronto's a team you got to pay attention to. Toronto uh, with a sweep over the weekend against the Diamondbacks who are going the wrong direction. 
Uh, again, Toronto, Toronto gets San Diego, by the way, for a series uh, now starting on Tuesday. Padres in desperate, desperate need of a series win. They have the right starters going, though, in yeah. Toronto. A little Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell in the three games in that series. But, again, things are going backwards for the Padres. Eight games out in the wild card now in the National League where, boy, you're getting to a point where it is – almost inexcusable to not sell pieces off when you're this far back. Uh, granted, they only have to hop three teams and three of those teams in Miami, Arizona, and Cincinnati. I do not trust at all at the moment with all those teams seemingly going the wrong direction before the break. And now out of the break with all those teams getting swept this past weekend. I'm all. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, you know, that was a big weekend series where they struggled. Not tonight. Uh, you got Lazardo on the bump going uh, in the matchup t- today against the Cardinals against Nicholas. Uh, another important game here for the Marlins. You talked about it. You're not uh, believing in this team. And so many of these teams, it feels like that. I said that about Baltimore. I said that about Arizona. We'll see what happens with the Marlins. Marlins swept by Baltimore. Again, you mentioned it in St. Louis. Take on the Cardinals. Only minus 112 on Baltimore with Lazardo. That, or excuse me, with Miami with Lazardo, I should say. It's actually not a bad price on the Marlins uh, with how well Lozardo has pitched throughout the year. That's all the time we have. It's been Sharp Money for Wyatt Tomchek, for Amal Shaw. I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again next time. Peace in prime time. Tim Murray, Sean King, your way next. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.